1: The Supreme Court ruled on Trump's travel ban, letting it out of prison a little early. CNN becomes the most busted name in news. Special Counsel Mueller's team uh, has now swelled to the size of the entire Department of Justice of Rhode Island. Podesta meets with the House Intelligence Committee. McCabe himself may be under investigation. Susan Rice plays the race and gender card to deflect from her alleged unmasking. And there's a changing focus of investigations now pointing to the Obama administration. Welcome to the weekend edition of the United IE radio program. My name is Don Dix. I'm the chapter leader of the Corona chapter of Act for America, joined as always by our, my co-host, Greg Britton. Yeah, we'll be getting to all those stories in hour two of Unite IE Radio. Absolutely, because we have on the phone right now a very special guest who's going to help us dig through some of what we just listed. He is Congressman Pete Hoekstra. He's the Shillman Senior Fellow at the Investigative Project on Terrorism. If that's not a website that you frequent, you must, because you'll get some of the most cutting-edge reporting on the jihad at the Investigative Project on Terrorism. You can also follow Pete Hoekstra on the, on Twitter at, at Pete Hoekstra, and he's got a Facebook page. Also, uh, Facebook forward slash Pete.Hoekstra.1. You can keep up with him there. Pete, welcome to the Unite I.e. Radio Show.
2: Hey, it's great to be back with you. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you for your time. You are contributing a lot to Fox and a lot to CNN, and let's start with CNN. Is that venue going to be there in its current form in another couple of weeks? It seems like... Uh, They're not going to survive the Donald Trump presidency.
2: Well, it's clear that their, you know, that their current form or their form today is different than what it was uh, even uh, just a short week ago. I mean, they've had a bad week. They've, uh, you know, three other reporters uh, were forced to resign. For some sloppy reporting, uh, CNN retracted a major story and said that its, ethic, its ethical journalistic standards were violated and uh, the story should not have been printed. Uh, and so, uh, you know, where they go and how they recover, but there's, uh, there's no doubt as uh, you know, someone caught on a, on a tape that they believe that the Russia story was good for business. And so let's dig into the Russia story. Let's do what's good for business and not necessarily what's good for journalism, uh, or what's good for the American people.
3: Exactly. Right. We have the O'Keefe video this week undercover of the CNN senior producer saying it was BS and he didn't initial and he didn't give the initials for uh, referring to the Russia story. And then you have Van right. Jones saying it was a big nothing burger. So they've been pushing this narrative and not just CNN, but, of course, the the entire mainstream media, the Democrat Party, have been pushing this Trump-Russia collusion narrative for months with no evidence. And we now know that they don't believe it themselves.
2: Yeah, that's right. And, you know, there's good reason for that. I mean, the expose that came out from The Washington Post last week, Friday, uh, really was unbelievable. And Fox News ran one of my op-eds uh, yesterday that talks about this. Because what did the Washington Post remember? These are these are friends of the left and they're Trump haters. What did they say? Uh, you know, they said that you know the Obama administration knew about this for at least a year uh, and had you know breathtaking. Uh, information three months before the election in August of 2016 that the Russians were going to try to impact our elections. And what did the Obama administration do? They did nothing. And why did they not do anything? Because they, and this is quoting from the article uh, that says, uh, they didn't believe that whatever the Russians were going to be doing would materially affect voters. Uh, and there uh, would not materially affect the election. So,
1: and, and, and Obama so, said as much in the Rose Garden. He said, uh, "You know, it, yep." H- any serious person understands you can't, you know, mess with the U.S. elections. They're so decentralized. And then he further compounded it by saying, "Hey, I told
2: Putin to cut it out." <laughs> that's I should have been right there that 's a, a powerful statement uh, young and if he would have told the North Koreans to cut it out on nuclear weapons i 'm sure they would have stopped too, and he just didn 't go around the world often enough and just tell these guys face to face, cut it out, and in and America would have been fine. Uh, the other thing the post uh, expose said was you know, there was no meltdown on election day, no evidence of shifting of votes, but I think the most important thing, and it wasn 't even covered in the story but You know, they they talked about, you know, this was a bin Laden raid type of of effort uh, that they put in place. The secrecy, only a few people knew about it. But they were watching the election very, very closely, and they were watching the Russians. And so you got the FBI, the CIA, all law enforcement, our intelligence community, all watching this for probably eight, nine months. And guess what they never filed? They never found any collusion between the Trump team and the Russians. And as you said in your opening uh, statement, we now have an investigation where Mueller has hired as many people as what you have in the uh, Justice Department or in Rhode uh, Island. Yeah, in in Rhode Island. And it's kind of like, why? What are they investigating? What do they think that they're going to find? You know, eight, nine months after the elec- after Election Day, a year to a year and a half after the election that the FBI and the intelligence community couldn't find as the election was taking place as they were watching it in real time. As,
4: as
1: someone who is, was involved in the investigation process in Congress, you were the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee uh, for quite a while. And in, 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 speaking of the Mueller team, th- uh, it doesn't seem like they're investigating a crime. It seems like they're organizing a search party to try to find a crime.
2: I, I think that's exactly right. And what we may find with Scooter Libby or whatever, and, you know, people are saying, well, you know, you can tell they did something wrong. They're lawyering up. Well, take a look at Scooter Libby. Uh, you know, he was accused of leaking uh, the information of a covert CIA person. And uh, we found out, you know, that. He had not. Where did he get tricked up? Uh, because he supposedly wasn't truthful with the FBI. That's why people get lawyered up, because the FBI gets them in a position where, you know, they have to do jujitsu because otherwise they, uh, you know, they're, they're accused of a crime of lying to the FBI because they may have gotten their, some of their statements wrong. I mean, think of, you know, I, I love this one now, Claire McCaskill came mm-hmm. out and, you know, condemned uh, our now Attorney General Jeff Sessions, saying, "I and she says, I never met with any of the Russians. I never met with the Russian ambassador. And then someone went back and took a look and said, well, that's interesting, Senator. You tweeted about it right. in meeting with the Russian ambassador, and you're condemning Jeff Sessions because he may or may have not remembered every meeting that he had with a foreign dignitary, but Senator, it appears that you didn't remember all of your meetings either.
3: Right. And the so st- it,
2: it, this, is, this is crazy.
3: Right. The Scooter Libby case is, is a great example where the special counsel that was appointed, by the way, by a Deputy Attorney General James Comey In that case, and they knew at the outset who had leaked the information and that a crime had not been committed. But for a year or two after that, this Democrat prosecutor Fitzgerald hounded the Bush administration, brought the people in repeatedly to grand jury to testify. And Scooter Libby made a mistake. He he forgot who first told him about the matter. And they almost indicted Karl Rove for perjury because he forgot a telephone call that occurred a year previously.
2: Yes, I mean it's impossible. Uh, you know the. Uh, I know that I'm 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 being considered for a couple of things within the Trump administration, and you know on on certain questions they ask you, you know, have you met with people from this country or whatever? And I know for one of the countries that they asked before, it's kind of like, yeah, I talk to them all the time. I'm not even going to try to outline every meeting that I've had with these people because if I do, I know that I will forget some. Uh, So just assume that, yes, I've met with these people and I've talked with them about a wide range of issues um, and uh, that's that. But I can't. I can't outline for you every meeting that I've had with these people for the last two years, who was in the meeting, what we talked about, and all of those types of things. I'm just not that good.
1: Well, if you do get swallowed up by the Trump administration, don't forget about us little people, because we've had Sebastian Gorka, who is now with the department, with the Trump administration. We, we we can't get a hold of him anymore. So.
2: Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> I was gonna, uh, yeah, we won't. Uh, absolutely not. We... Uh, uh- no. Yeah, you know, I think it's 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 that you know I agree with the, the mainstream media. Let me change uh, it's it. absolutely that we have a a vital uh, you know connection with the voters through various media outlets. That's mainstream media. That's talk radio. Uh, that's a whole bunch of different things. And what you want to do is you want to go to the ones that at least allow you to get your story out accurately.
3: Let me change the focus just a little bit. And I think I think the real story in all this. And and a little bit we've seen a little bit of it thus far. The I, the tip of the iceberg above the water is the Obama administration spying on Americans. And I'm not quite clear why the Republicans in Congress or the Trump administration has not been more aggressive at investigating and getting the story out. I think you may have written the article was on Fox yeah. News that the the court the uh, FISA court that supervises the. Uh, Intelligence that involves Americans and gathering foreign intelligence that incidentally involves Americans is they rebuked the uh, Obama administration for go, for exceeding the rules, but there was no right. no consequence. So, do, is this is there a lot more to this iceberg than we've seen?
2: Absolutely. I mean, you've got Rand Paul, uh, Senator Rand Paul. You've got uh, Lindsey Graham. You've got Ron Wyden. This is bipartisan. I mean, you want something bipartisan? All three of these guys are very, very interested in the ab- alleged abuses by the National Security Agency in terms of spying on Americans. This is something that the left and the right uh, really should unite in, and this is really where we should be. Like, you know, this is this is uh, you know, this is the central government buying illegally potentially on americans they can't do this and uh there appears to be enough evidence that this actually occurred when rand paul and lindsey graham have both asked the question in different hearings was i surveilled was i ever unmasked And the intelligence community, so far, as I'm aware, has not responded to either one of those two senators. When uh, Senator Wyden asked the question, you know, is there a big, I don't remember the exact word, but is there a massive surveillance program going on of Americans? And the director of national intelligence, James Clapper, lies to him and says, no, Senator, I'm not aware of any program like that. Um, You know, that tells you that we really ought to be taking an in-depth look into all of these things.
1: Are we going to get now an honest rendering of Loretta Lynch's potential obstruction of justice, of McCabe's conflict of interest, of Rice's unmasking now? Are we going to get an honest airing of those uh, possibilities, which seem to have more credibility than anything that Trump ever did?
2: Well, so in, in each one of those cases, there there appears to be uh, some significant evidence that the law may have been violated. And the, because like you said, you've got the evidence of what the FISA court has said about unmasking. Uh, we know that Loretta Lynch met with Bill Clinton. We're not sure exactly what she talked about. There's alleged emails from Loretta Lynch to the DNC saying, don't worry, uh, this thing isn't going anywhere. We know that James Comey was concerned about uh, his boss's. Uh, Behavior, Loretta Lynch's activities. Uh, so you just kind of go down the list. Isn't it ama- isn't it amazing that if we get a really fair investigation of what happened in 2016, that this may actually end up being much more about the Obama team? What did they know? When did they know? And why didn't they do anything? then it may be about uh, this administration and President Trump.
3: Well, you know, there is somebody who has the ability to get all this information, and he's the President of the United States. And he, he yes. can he could direct that all of this information be gathered. I want to know, starting with, in 2016, the names of every American who was unmasked, who requested it, and why?
2: Yes, uh, and... My belief, having worked in the intelligence community and they, how they explained how this process works to me, simply asking that question shouldn't take that long, uh, 48 hours, 72 hours, uh, just to get the list of who was unmasked, uh, who asked for the unmasking. Uh, you know, it might take a little bit longer than that to find out uh, exactly you know why that why it was requested that they were be uh, that they would be unmasked, but uh, you know who they were unmasked to. All of that information supposedly is in a uh, you know is is in a file that uh, the intelligence community keeps uh, for exactly these kinds of questions and investigation. That's how that's how it was described. Uh, to me, when I was the chairman or the ranking member of intelligence, uh, and I'm I'm a little bit at a, at a loss as to why, you know, and why it's taken months for people like Lindsey Graham and Rand Paul not to get an answer to that the questions that they've asked Were, was I unmasked uh, and w- was I surveilled? And that should not take uh, that should not take months. That should take less than a week to get that answer back to those two senators.
1: And if you get that position within the Trump administration, I'm going to assume that's going to be high on your agenda, yes?
2: Well, I'm, I'm not sure that I'd have responsibility for those kinds of uh, uh, activities or whatever. We'll see once we're, uh, you know, what the Trump administration has in mind. They're Like I said, they're, they're considering various options and, and those types of things, and we'll see uh, – We'll see, number one, whether they actually do decide whether there's a place for me in the administration, uh, and number two, if there is, where they will uh Position where that they, where they'll put me, but that's a call that the president makes, uh, and I'm you know I'm willing to serve this administration and this president uh, if the call comes.
1: And thank you for your service. Thank you for being with us today. We've got to honor our time commitment because you got to run off and do other stuff with the Fox and CNN net type networks. <laughs> thank you for being here and shedding a little light on some of these issues. I appreciate you always coming on our show to share your uh, insights into these matters, as hey, Congressman hey. Peak hoekstra former house intelligence chairman and congressman and also We're senior investi- fellow with the investigative
3: Investigator project dot thank you thank Great. you again and time for a word from ed hoffman of wholesale capital corporation the place to go for your real estate lending needs both residential and commercial back after this
4: hey larry elder here now if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start Call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know, Ed, he's a good guy who'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now is the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590,
0: the answer.
5: This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio
1: every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer.
3: Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private system. We just had a great session with uh, Pete Hoekstra, the former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. Uh, Pick it up on the podcast uh, if you missed it. And now we're going on to your favorite subject, Don, and it should be the favorite subject of all people who drive in California the initiative to repeal the democrat gas tax increase vehicle license fee increase and diesel tax increase
1: as much as you and I are aware of this topic i am talking to people everywhere i go and finding 50 to 60 people percent of the people that i talk to have absolutely no idea that SB one has passed. That the biggest gas tax increase in California's history was passed with some fanfare, uh, some media attention. But because of the twenty four seven news cycle, people it went it went in one eye, out the other ear. Probably uh, other people who don't watch the news haven't heard of it. Don't get that this is this is a huge deal. The gas tax increase, biggest percentage of increase in our gas taxes in the history of this state and once it's implemented in november california will have the highest gas
3: taxes and diesel taxes in the country and if you count the cap and trade tax we already we already did but this this will make it absolutely official and there. Even this latest one, they're t- are skimming thirty percent off the top for yes. various liberal, you know, bike trails. This or that liberal group, and pre and even the existing money. Only twenty percent of transportation taxes and fees presently collected go into the roads. Yeah, it's all siphoned off into the general fund. And the big reason why, of course, is
1: the big hidden secret is the growing uh, tsunami of. Pension fund unfunded liabilities uh, ranging anywhere from $300 billion to as high as a trillion. I've even seen some articles that peg it somewhere in the vicinity of, you know, a trillion and a quarter. Astronomical numbers, they know that they're headed for this. And a lot of these taxes,
3: I believe, are being laid in preparation for dealing with that. Right. In California, a retired government worker after 30 years makes about fifteen to $20,000 per more than the average full-time employed private sector worker. Absolutely, and that's not. That's not. Not only is that wrong and unfair; it's it's unaffordable. So
1: it's really important that everybody begin to let people know that starting in November. Um, and my, my fear is is that you know without it actually hitting their wallets now, the price of oil is going down. That's going to cause the price of a gallon of gas to ease a little bit. That people are going to fall asleep at the switch. This is the most important thing that can animate. People in the Inland Empire, get them involved because we now have the NoCAGasTax.com opportunity to get people signed on to the initiative so that we can put it on the November 2018 ballot.
3: Right. If you don't want your gas taxes going up even more, this is going to take a citizen effort because at this point, there's no money behind this, as usually happens with initiatives, for paid signature gatherers. So what's gonna what it will need is individuals going to NoCAGasTax.com, dot com, putting in your five dollars, getting a petition mailed to you, and then going in your family, your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers to fill out, get ten signatures, and send it in. And if we get what we, we to be safe, probably five or six hundred thousand, they only need. About 300,000, something. About 380,000 is what... 380,000 official signatures. But like other initiatives, when, right. when the government doesn't like them, they're very persnickety about those signatures. And you mentioned $5. What they're asking us to do is when we sign up to get
1: on the mailing list so that once this ballot initiative is imp- is approved and it has uh, gotten a title and a summary from the Attorney General and is ready to go, they're going to send you a packet. Um, the minimum ask is a donation of $5. But think about this. If this gas tax is a, it, it happens, and it will on November 8th, $0.12 cents a gallon, you're going to be spending an additional 100 to 200 possibly even $300, depending on the type of vehicle and the amount of driving you do per month. I can't think of a better return on an investment than sending money to push this initiative over the finish line. Don't just send five. Don't just send ten. If you send 25 bucks, they need money so that they can go after the super donors because the super donors want to see that this is something that the people of California care about and the investment by the super donors will not go to waste. So they need to see that people are interested in participating in this. You can show your interest by going to nocagasttax.com. You can uh, do two things. You can sign up to get the copies of of the petition when they're available, and you can sign up to be a volunteer to help circulate petitions once this goes live. We're estimating July 8th. It could be a little longer.
3: Right. And a statewide poll shows that people oppose the Democrat gas tax increase 58% to 35%. So aside from the merits of the gas tax increase and repealing it, this could be a great issue for conservatives and Republicans in California in 2018 to stand next to this initiative and say, we want to lower your gas taxes. That's right. The Democrats want to raise your gas taxes and then squander the money on things other than the roads. Excellent opportunity to go to disaffected Democrats and say this is what
1: your party, who's supposed to represent the little guy, has done. Go to NoCAGasTax.com, sign up. We'll be back after this break with more from the United IE radio program.
6: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President, Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. We've been serving our community with personalized homeownership solutions for over 26 years with offices in Merino Valley, Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all Southern California and Arizona. Today, we are experiencing excellent conditions in real estate and real estate financing. Interest rates are as low as they've ever been in our history, and real estate prices have come way up from the lows of 2010. If you've purchased a house in the last several years, there's a great chance that today your equity position is much better and available interest rates are much lower. Two factors that spell opportunity for you. If you want to find out what this means to you, and you want to talk to a lender who will give you straightforward, honest direction towards an option that's best for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, and listen to my show, The Main Event. Saturday, 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. And again, Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Right here on AM590, The Answer. Licensed
7: by California DRE. Broker license number 01147747. And California financiers Lenders license number 603K610. Licensed by the California Department of Business Oversight number 603K610. and MLS 9873.
3: Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And we can get him really involved in the issues of the day. Trump and Russia collusion, no C A gas tax, and, all that. and those those things are are important, but the more foundational ideas on which the country is based are, I think are, are I think more important. Uh, back in, I guess back two thousand ten, uh, Dennis Prager was asked at a conference, "What's the greatest problem we have in America?" And he said, and I just start shouting out, "Obama, Obama!" And, and Prager goes, "No." If something, God forbid, happened to Obama and he died today, nothing would change. The greatest problem we have is the failure to teach the next generation of Americans what it means to be an American. And th- th- I think that's absolutely positively true. And Mark Levin has come out with a book, Rediscovering Americanism, along the same lines. And uh, we have a clip of Mark Levin discussing the differences between conservatives and traditional Americans, and I don't like the word term progressives because there's nothing progressive about leftists. Regressive. Leftists. Okay. Let's, let's, let's hear Mark Levin.
5: The problem is, when you look at the media and Hollywood and education and our public schools and colleges and universities, when you listen to Democrats speak and a lot of Republicans speak, uh, you reach the conclusion, if you understand history and you dig into it, that the progressives have won, that we're in a post-constitutional period. We don't even talk about the principles that made this country great. So what I try to do in my own little way is take them on. Take on the, the, uh, the progressive masterminds. Take on the, the attitude in our government. Take on the attitude in our media for people who are interested. You know, the fact is that if you ignore the academics and intellectuals, you know, people, their eyes roll over and they say, "I oh, forget about it. You ignore them, you lose your country. Because they're the ones that drive the politics. They're the ones that determine whether you're free or not in every society. So I take them on. There's a difference between being an elite. We like elite sports players, elite chefs, and elitist who is a put-down person or tries to control you or something of the sort. And, Sean, from my book, I put down a short list of the difference between those of us Americanism and the others progressivism. These are the two forces, one liberty, one tyrannical. We believe in the Constitution, they believe in centralism. We believe in individualism, they believe in conformity. We believe in private property, they believe in collectivism. We believe in prosperity, they believe in redistribution. We believe in the separation of powers, they believe in this all-powerful administrative state. We believe in eternal truths, they believe in ideological social engineering. We believe in cultural stability, they believe in constant transformation. I'm getting there. We believe in real science. They believe in social science. We believe in the rights of man. They believe in the power of government. We believe in a moral order. They believe in situational ethics. We believe in liberty. They believe in a growing authoritarianism. And we believe in education. They believe in indoctrination. Finally, we believe in the civil society. They believe in the federal Leviathan. There couldn't be any bigger difference between them and us. And they, uh, they rely on the, uh, the, on the philosophers, uh, Marx and Hegel and Rousseau and others, which I talk about, I won't hear it talk about at length. We, I, we, we rely on the great Aristotle and Cicero and Locke and, of course, the founding fathers. This is a debate that we must have to get our principles back, to get our liberty back, to get our republic back, because it's been taken away from us.
1: Mark Levin says right there at the end, this is a debate that we must have. I often say that um, part of the difference for me and my experience in life is that I grew up on the East Coast at a time when civics was still taught the way it, I think, should be, probably not even as much as it should be uh, nowadays. I was taught civics. I learned the value of our bill of rights of our constitution i learned we learned and studied the declaration of independence in the second third and fourth grade that's all been replaced now by social engineering you know learning about um you know alternative lifestyles uh things like that that's what's drummed into people's heads when they uh go to go to school but this notion that mark levin advances of you know like you said what does it mean to be an american um You know, I'm always fascinated to learn what it is that pushes people over the edge from the the phrase I use is sitting on the couch into activism on behalf of the United States. One of the things that drove me into activism was learning how to give voice and participate in this debate so that when I am confronted by somebody that thinks – uh, that as Mark Levin describes, that the direction of this country should be in this sort of quote-unquote progressive or as we like to say regressive direction that I can properly advocate and for the for America and debate on behalf of America because it's not a language it's not a process we're skilled in by and large I wanted to get good at it and that's one of the things that ultimately drove me into you know being on talk radio is I'm forced now to learn how what's going on and how to describe what's going on to people in a way that motivates them to get off the couch in a way that I learned from those people that have made that decision and help trigger others to get off the couch and get involved to participate. Because without it, what Mark Levin says is we're losing America.
3: Right. And it's it's it's, it's the understanding of the country. Um, Reagan talked about this in his uh, farewell address. And he said that if we forget what we did, we won't know who we are. I am warning of an eradication of the American memory that could result ultimately in an erosion of the American spirit. And that is what is going on in the culture. That's what's going on in the government-run schools and the universities, is they are taking away the belief in the country that you and I grew up with it was just in, i mean Reagan talked about this too is you got it at home but you got it in school you got it in the movies you got it on television you got it from that, in church you got it in the, na- the the in the neighborhood from you got it everywhere the sense of americanism this cultural identity and and it was in part based on what you did there were great americans george washington abraham lincoln thomas edison uh ida b wells uh harriet tubman martin luther king a whole jimmy do I mean a whole you could list of these people of great americans that did great things that you could respect and honor and that was part of your tradition yeah i'm part of this tradition and that is being taken away. So, the, the, the current many of the current generations, like, yeah, either America is not particularly worth saving, or even worse, that America is a fundamentally bad country. And that is one of the
1: frustrating things. You know, what does it mean to be an American? It is a set of ideals that we have not necessarily always been good about living up to. But you have to have those ideals in order to have something to shoot for. You know, mankind is not perfect. We know that from the very beginning. Uh, you know, it's it's what we learn in the Bible, that we are unable to achieve perfection because we're flawed. But we can shoot for it. And the idea of shooting for it in a direction of what the American ideals are is way better Then the target that's been established for us by the regressives, because that leads to a dead end called Marxism, socialism, communism, a government run society, because government knows best and government provides the best versus something that's
3: built on the ideals of exceptional individualism. Right. And it's even worse where at the time of mass immigration in the early 20th century, late 1800s, there was this building of an american identity among the immigrants and now when you again you have open open borders and mass immigration 2 million a year you don't have that you almost have the opposite of that so the, so the immigrants are not being assimilated into being americans the way they were previously and you see this even even the situation is far worse in Europe both with the immigration and with the undermining of the identity and belief in their countries and their civilization
1: Yeah, Italy just uh, had 11,000 people dumped on their border this week by different uh, agencies, non-governmental agencies that go around the Mediterranean and rescue people that these smugglers put on boats and shove them out into the middle of the Mediterranean. They know now that these NGOs are out there ostensibly to save lives and rescue them. So they just shove them out into the Mediterranean, let these boats pick them up. Do the work for them. And do the work for them, exactly. And now, Italy, this week, just this week, 11,000 people from North Africa. I read that was in just two days. Exactly. Yeah, two days. And how do you digest that as a culture? You can't. How do you pay for it? as a country you can't especially if you're teetering on bankruptcy like some of these countries are you can't pay for it so what's happening is a is a civilization we call it a jihad cuz most of the people coming from these countries are are muslims but it doesn't even have to be about that it's any country gets overwhelmed with this and can't sustain it and and, and on to compound that we're told that we should be, you know, uh, a, you know, a giving country. I can't think of a country that's more more giving. How many, you know, I heard this week, this very interesting analogy, and then we'll take a break, 11, uh, This the world has 7 billion people, 320 million in America. If the open borders people had their way, and anybody who wanted to could come into America, how long would it be? Be before, I mean, right now people pay eight, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars to come to America, legal fees, whatever, uh, whether they come in, you know, across the border illegally or they do it the legal way. Um, It still takes a lot of money the the utopian society on the that these uh, individuals have would be that there would be no borders. People could get a plane ticket, fly to America. How long would it be before that deluge of people would drag America into into a place where those people are trying
3: to get away from? Right. It's not sustainable. Right. There are probably billions of people if given a chance would understandably want to come to America but we have a we, we, are, we have a right to say our country and, and we get to decide how many right. and who gets in National it's essential to preserve any country or civilization time for a word from All Star Collision the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the
7: kings of wreck and roll back after this Mention AM 590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM 590, The Answer.
5: This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4
1: o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program. A lot of stuff going on this week with the media, Greg. We had Project Veritas, who released two different videos. One of a health editor basically saying that the entire Russian story is nothing more than BS. And he didn't initial it. Right. And that it's all about ratings. And then somehow Project Veritas gets Van Jones on a hidden camera saying that the entire Russian investigation story is just a big nothing burger. And then prior to that, on Friday, you have three CNN journalists that are let go. Uh, They say they resigned, but I'm sure that they were said that they were given an ultimatum. Resign or we'll fire you for writing what turned out to be a false story. And it just goes on and on and
3: on. Right, and CNN had to pull down that story within a day after it was shown to be uh, shown to be false. Right, and now all of a sudden, in some kind of a
1: weird backflip, CNN is saying, "Wait, you leave us alone. You're you're accusing us." I have long said that I believe that the media. And the Democrats inside Washington, D.C., and the elite there, the swamp creatures, are the true enemies of the state. And now they feel like that's exactly what Donald Trump is saying. In fact, Wolf Blitzer said as much on the program this week.
2: Have you raised the concern that all of us in the news media have about the president calling all of us enemies of the American people? Uh, because that is a very, very harsh statement and potentially very dangerous.
1: Now, <laughs> this is exactly what we've been saying: is, is that their insistence on driving this Russian narrative, their insistence on, um, you know, their violent rhetoric that this is something that the left owns is causing people to be shot i lay the entire shooting at the uh republican baseball practice steve scalise is still in the hospital at hmm. the at the feet of the liberal media and the democratic party for their violent rhetoric
3: right and i could dig dig, dig this up and uh, the, the Rhetoric of do whatever we have to do, but there needs to be more blood in the streets from le- prominent Democrats. Loretta Lynch said that. Correct. Is that they, they know and I think they intend to drive their marginals, their, their crazies over the edge and into violence. And we see situations like in Berkeley and in San Jose where they turn loose their brown shirts in the streets. And the police just have been given stand down orders to stand back and let their the violence take place, so they 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 they, they, they use violence whenever they, they they need to. Versus, there's nothing on our side. So you you may, you may criticize the opposition, but we don't. There aren't conservatives out there shooting Democrats. And I'm, and I'm not saying there should be, but that's not that's that is that is not happening. But. In the case of the journalists, they have chosen to be the opposition party. So I I don't call them the enemy of the state any more than the Democrats are the enemy of the state. They've chosen to be the opposition party. They've chosen to be propagandists for the Democrat Party. And Donald Trump is treating them like... Right. The opposition party. Exactly. And they've been they've been doing everything they can. They've been beating on him for months to very little effect. And now he, and he, Donald. Unlike most Republicans who cower and say, "Oh no more," I don't, I, I forgive up, I give up. Donald Trump is fighting back, and it's great to watch all these headlines of these now these media basically saying, "Wow wow 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 wow," he's hitting me
1: well exactly and you know cnn is taking big hits as a result of this this week their viewership this week is trailing fox and msnbc so for an organization that's trying to bolster their ratings by being the russian the 24 7 news station of russian of the russian narrative it's beginning to backfire and the question is is cnn going to survive the trump presidency people are beginning to speculate now that unless they change the way that they broadcast the news the stories that they follow uh the things they report on unless that changes i mean you have jim acosta basically being one of those people that's yelling up you know trump started out at a press conference saying you're fake news He followed it up when Jim Acosta wasn't getting the first question with, I've changed your name from fake news to very fake news. Mm -hmm. And now you had Jim Acosta this week. Uh, At a uh, White House press briefing complaining, where's the cameras? Where's the cameras? How come the cameras aren't turning? Sounding like he's hysterical when in reality, press briefings in and of themselves are a recent phenomenon. I think they started in the Reagan era. Televised press briefings are subject to the whim of the White House. And so the White House is essentially inviting these people in. They're in the people's house and they're acting like they control
3: the flow? No, they're there to report what's said. they they used to be in charge of things, and Republicans used to just cower in their presence. But no, well, exactly, but, but not anymore. And I am loving it. They have a First Amendment right—the media, the mainstream media—to be as anti-Trump as they want to be. No problem there and donald trump has the right and we have the right to fight back they are the opposition party they're being treated as the opposition party they're in the they're the principal opposition party rush right. makes this point is it's not the democrats that are driving opposition to donald trump it's the media is driving the opposition okay fine you're the opposition party now you're going to be treated like the opposition party
1: well and we know from people's work like trevor loudon that it's long been occurring in the ranks of both elected officials, the unions, the media, academia, that ever so gradually individuals that come from the far left, you know, that, that, that claim their ideology and their worldview as being Marxist in nature, socialist in nature, communist in nature, that they have been infiltrating these these areas of, and this is exactly what Mark Levin, you played the audio of Mark Levin earlier making that statement that these institutions have been invaded by individuals that would rather see America brought to its knees versus or fundamentally,
3: transformed. Or fundamentally transformed we need to take one more break here from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident, because they are truly the
7: kings of rock and roll back after this 951 279 9161. Mention AM 590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star All Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951 279 9161. AM 590, the answer.
3: Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And, well, we don't have time today to develop, but you were down at the border, and I, I guess they let you back in, too. They did. It was an amazing day.
1: We had the opportunity to to get a behind-the-scenes tour of what our U.S. Border Patrol agents deal with on an hour-by-hour and daily basis, keeping us safe, keeping uh, folks from crossing the border. But there's another story behind this, which is the conditions that our Border Patrol has to work in because of the repeated sewage and toxic waste flow that comes weekly from across the border that the Mexican government releases into the Tijuana water basin that our agents have to travel through in order to keep us safe Mm -hmm. and to find the knuckleheads that are trying to cross the border right there
3: and thanks to you we have we have, we've, uh, we have uh, some special guests to discuss this further next week we do we have the
1: president of uh, the local u.s border patrol union and the director of legislative and political affairs christopher harris who are going to be a part of our show next week to bring us up close and personal to what these folks deal with
3: you're talking about americanism and we have a for- an important holiday coming up next on on tuesday july 4th our independence day and in all of the, uh, first of all, we wish everyone happy 4th of July and, and safe 4th of July. Be safe. Is that in the barbecuing and so on, I know the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, we have, we have a, uh, a, a party at, uh, at, a, at a home, and then we're doing this in the park to spread our message. We should rem- take a time to remember why we have the holiday. We talked about Dennis Prager and, and you know, the, uh, teaching Americanism and Mark Levin. The why of America can be found in one sentence in the Declaration of Independence. That we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed.
1: And 4th of July is another opportunity for us to keep the men and women throughout our nation's history who have kept us safe and allowed us the liberties to enjoy the liberties we have. And I always remember the men that were at George Washington's side as they crossed the Delaware in those horrendous conditions, not knowing whether they were going to be successful or not, they surprised the Hessians on the other side of the border and saved the revolution. Say literally saved the revolution from, uh, you know, it was it was on its last legs, and it was those men, that contingent of roughly what a thousand, two thousand, Trusting maybe smaller, yeah. and they endured horrendous uh, conditions to sacrifice.
3: It's part of the story of the, the stories of Americans. They, tro- I learned as a kid. They walked through the snow. They were wearing burlap bags on their feet. They leaving a trail of blood in the snow. That was part of the story that you learned to be
1: an American. Happy Fourth of July. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Unite Inland Empire radio program.